Hemorrhoids can be a real pain in the butt, causing anal itching and burning and irritation. Get fast relief with all natural, doctor-developed and tested Anacool. Buy Anacool, A-N-A-C-O-O-L, on Amazon right now and save 15% with code WABC2024. And other fake news stories. This is Uncovering the Truth with Rudy Giuliani and Dr. Maria. Guarding against misinformation. Fake news. And it doesn't seem to be making a difference. Using common sense thinking with New York Street Smarts. Now with Dr. Maria, here's Rudy Giuliani. This is Rudy Giuliani bringing you Uncovering the Truth, sponsored by Tunnel to Towers uh, with uh, me and Dr. Maria. Dr. Maria is having a well-deserved vacation with her daughter and with her uh, and with her, and with her granddaughter, and she's in Japan. I think right now. She may be in Hiroshima. I'm trying to get her to call in, but I can't figure out what time it is in Japan. Uh, but she may she may call in at some point. But I have here, standing in as a designated hitter, Andrew Giuliani. Well, I'll tell you what. It's not too bad to come out of the bullpen over here. I think it's probably like 3 a.m. over there. It's got to be like six or seven hours earlier. So I don't know if uh, I, don't, I don't know if she'll be up or getting yeah, those. I Hopefully don't know. she'll be able to call any, in. I'm like, at I'm, some point during the show, over I'm not here. getting anything back. I can't figure out if we can't get through, or Kim Young Un is intercepting them. Well, and, let's, uh, let's and, hope you know, it's not the latter. He's let's playing, he's just playing around and throwing spitballs and stuff. Would you like rather that. it be our FBI or Kim Jong Un who's intercepting them? Because it could be the FBI, considering have, that they I'd actually started have, to go into your iCloud the day after it was announced. You were I'd rather have Trump. Kim Young Un. I don't think he would uh, lie as much as the FBI. At least <laughs> there's no history. There's no history of that. Uh, at least not the upper levels of the FBI, please. You know you guys and women who are in the FBI, I love you. The ones who came to my apartment, you didn't want to do it. You didn't want to be, uh, you know, a, a bunch of little state police uh, work, working for working for a fascist. But, you know. Well, well it's the seventh floor of the of the FBI. It's been it's ridiculous how politicized it's actually been at this point. You know, it's Andrew, terrible. Andrew, Andrew, Andrew grew up. You know, law enforcement. No, nobody grew up in more of a law enforcement environment than, than this guy. That's true. Uh, Probably because, true, actually. First of all, he had four uh, grand uncles, my uncles, that were cops. Uh, one, one of whom was very much alive and very active in his life, uh, Uncle, Uncle, Uncle Rudy. Rudy, and a real hero cop, hero soldier, hero cop. His, his granddad, was, mom's side, was a hero sa- sailor. Uh, the cops took care of him all day. They loved him. He loved them because, you know, when we had a chance, they were playing basketball. Yeah, we had great detectives. As a matter of fact, one of them who uh, passed away last year, he'll be getting the Medal of Valor from the NYPD, actually, this week, uh, Detective Terrence Mulvey. So uh, I think uh, about Terry, and Terry, went Terry on to be every a great day. great teacher, by the way. Oh, great teacher. He went on uh, The Andrew thing, he, uh, sort of spark, it sparked something in him taking care of this crazy guy here. That's that's right. You know, I like to I like to say that I inspired him. I don't know if I inspired him or drove him crazy, but uh, one of one or the other. He was uh, just one of the funniest guys, you know. And and uh, but it, you're absolutely right. It gave me such a respect 
for what these police officers, detectives, sergeants, lieutenants, they do every single day, how they put their lives on the line. And the fact that over the last few years, we've been told fantastic lies about our police. They are the backbone to our society. In this city, in this country, when you look at the way New York sadly has gone, we were talking about this on the ride over, or Philadelphia or Chicago, if you're going to keep on undermining our police, I'm sorry, you're going to see crime continue to go out and those U-Haul trucks are going to go right down 95, what? faster and faster. What in the name of you-know-who makes people think that you can defund the police? Get rid of them. Right. And you're going to ha- – and nothing's going to happen other than more cri- – that's exactly what happened. We now have three years of experience of it, and we still have people who want to do it. Yeah. Is it they just want to kill America and want to destroy America? You've covered this uh, a bunch here and, and also on your podcast. But but I have to tell you, I really think that's the conclusion, right? I think it's a matter of they, they maybe hate our free market society they, they, and, they, and they want to implement a, a socialist, communist type of society. And if you if you take out or if you politicize some of the police force like they've done with the FBI, when you look at – what the FBI sadly has done over the last few years, it's tough to come to any other conclusion except for the fact that they've been politicized. Um, I think that I think that's probably right. You know, we have with us uh, also a really wonderful, wonderful, uh, wonderful person who makes tremendous contribution with her own uh, 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 podcast and on the social media, Millie Weaver. And Millie is a, also a mom, and Andrew's a dad. And I just can't resist, and I'm, of course, you know, a, a grandfather of a one and almost a half year old. Almost, now. A, yeah. He's Andrew. Yeah. And please, Andrew, and then Millie, I'm going to go. You're in New York, and then I'll have Millie describe where she is and what she does. How do you. I'm just thinking if I was back with you and Caroline mm-hmm. and you were, you know, one and two, what would I do about schools? Yeah. In New York, even the private schools can be subversive. Yeah. Well, we were talking. Why don't you take this first, Millie? Because we were talking about this on the ride over, and, and I thought our, our conversation was so fascinating. So, go ahead. What do you think on this? Well, I think that there's too much indoctrinations in the public schools. I think that the Democrat Party has been figuring out a way to inject their ideologies into curriculum yeah. for quite some time, and we're seeing it through critical race theory. We're seeing it through some of the gender studies, and we're also seeing it through their environmental education curriculum. So most people don't see that and think that that's something to cause alarm, but they're actually injecting socialist Marxist ideologies in lessons through the guise of environmentalism. And that that socialist indoctrination has been going in our schools for, oh, gosh, almighty, maybe 100 years, except we really didn't notice it until recently. We didn't call it for that. I mean, they they did away with God. Uh, they make fun of our history. They destroy our. They destroy our uh, heroes. Mm-hmm. All that's right out of Karl Marx textbook, right? I mean, it's all out of. And I don't think we have it. We put it together the way you just did when you said Marxism. And mm-hmm. ten years ago, we would never have said Marxism. Well, that's why we're seeing so many young people so concerned about climate change. It's because they're getting them at a young age, and they're actually fear mongering to them that our planet is dying. And that we need to do something drastic and we need to do something now. And they're kind of pushing in the the, the, the thought process that it's the older people, it's your parents, it's those generations that 
don't care about the planet and they're polluting and they're causing climate change and CO2 accumulation. And you need to actually be the generation that um, that does something different. And your and your your boy is my son is eight years old. He's eight. He's adorable, mm-hmm. by the way. Yeah. And, and I got to tell you, you, from my perspective, of all the different topics that we cover, of all the different issues, of course, uh, including crime, including the economy. Uh, my wife and I talk more about my daughter's education. She's only 17 months old, right? So we've got a, uh, you know, a few years before she really gets into kindergarten and first grade. Uh, but still we worry about this because what, what used to be radical teachings on college campuses, even when I went to school at Duke, what is a liberal college has become a liberal college. Tell us years ago with Duke. Just so I, I graduated reference. in 2009. So from 2005, okay, okay. 2000, right. so let's say 15 years ago or so at Duke. Um, these were radical ideas, right? The idea that you could uh, change your gender on a whim, basically. It's a radical idea. Now this is something that has seeped through uh, into high schools, into grade schools, all the way to the point where, you know, they want to teach our kindergartners the fact that you can choose what gender you are. And, and sadly, when you look at some of the what they call gender affirming care. It's not gender affirming care at all. When you're talking about a seven or an eight year old who could potentially take hormones that are going to actually prevent them from reproducing later in their life. That's child abuse. That's what it is. It's plain and simple. If you're over 18 years old and you want to snip here or you want to add there, guess what? That's your right. I don't think the government should get in the way you, of that. Do you but think when you talk about a minor and doing that and trying to make sure the parents don't have a say in that, that's child abuse. So I'm going to ask you to vote. <laughs> Do you think the state should prohibit that uh, 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 mutilation? I call it mutilation, mm-hmm. so that's sort of a loaded word, but, you know, removing removing uh, organs and uh, these hormones that can be uh, almost uh, not reversible. You think they should prohibit it? For minors. Uh, for minors. Yes. Uh, and I think four have done it so far. Four. Mm-hmm. And, and it's growing. There are yep. about 16 others considering. Yeah. You're, you're okay with that? For even, minors, Even yes. as kind of a – you're kind of a libertarian. Yeah. Even as kind of a libertarian, you're okay with it because it's so serious. Yeah. It, it's it's that serious. What about so, you? What about you, Millie? I think that uh, – Ted, I'm going to ask you too. I woke up Ted. I think that minors don't have the ability to consent. They don't have the ability to comprehend what those decisions – will do to their bodies forever permanently. And so I think that, you know, parents, they can't make that choice for the child, can they, right? So obviously it's it's one of those things where you should wait till somebody's 18 to let them make permanent alterations to yeah. their body that's going to affect their reproduction system and forever. What, Ted? Well, look, whether it's, I agree. whether it's 18, 17, 16, whatever the case, it should not be a decision made by the state or any sort of public employee. That's between the kid and, well, maybe and their parents. Worse. That's and their even parents. worse. I mean, we, got, we, got, we have the laws on the other side now where the state can take the decision away from the parent and even the kid. That's you, unconscionable. You know, it, was, it was interesting. If you read the NCAA uh, and what they did after the Leah Thomas, you know, winning the national championship, they changed their rules and they changed their rules, basically saying that uh, if somebody has started to go through puberty as a male, they cannot then compete in female sports. Now, you could say, OK, well, that solved the problem. But I looked at it a different way, I said, OK, maybe it temporarily solved the problem, but it could create another problem of parents and sadly, 
maybe somehow pushing their children to actually try to take hormones at a younger and earlier age. And so I thought they could have been uh, – it was very interesting reading it. And sadly, I think the repercussions are going to be there for some of these kids. Why are so many people on the other side of this? I don't, this, is this not Republican, Democrat, liberal, conservative, you know, I, I, left, I don't, right? I don't know if I there are so, and, and I'm interested to hear Millie and Ted's opinion on this, but I, I don't really think there are many people on the other side of this. I think it's a matter of the loudest voices are the ones that are on the other side of this, right? It's a little bit of the AOC socialist side where I think probably only 25, 30% of the country actually agree with AOC. Now, those 25 or 30 percent, they're running the newsrooms and the MSNBCs yeah, and the CNNs and mean, the ABCs, not WABCs, but the ABC TVs <laughs> yeah, of the, get, of the world. John's pretty good. Go ahead, guys. By the way, today is Greek Independence Day. Yes, it is. So where it's like when the, when the, when the cats away, the yeah. mice will play. The, cat, the name of the owner of the station is John Castamatidis. So if the cat's away, he's... Parading. We can do whatever we want now. He's actually, I mean, <laughs> we can do whatever we want. Talk, talk Diego, about, we can do whatever we want here you now. You know, John Katz. Happy the, Greek Independence Day to everyone. And, and John, John is uh, an incredible businessman across like five or six different sectors. But he's also today going to add on-site reporter because he's going to be calling in at 3 o'clock to the Andrew Giuliani show about Whoa. the Greek Independence Day parade. Time. So we can add on-site reporter. Some tough you should have tuned in. Know if, I don't know what if do that's his... Oh, you want to keep uh, the job? It, yeah, that's well. Yeah. <laughs> no, John is not Fox. He's not Fox. No, he's not. He it's, 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 that's why it's want. great. I love, I love I, whenever he does call. So I'm looking forward I, I to it. I have a question for all of you. You're all parents. I'm not yet. What are other parents in your lives telling you when you talk about being, you know, young parents here. Well, let me give the number, what is, 1-800-848-9222. Call in and let us know. Get it. So, so I'm curious, Andrew, Millie, and obviously the mayor, you raised uh, two incredible children. What uh, what do other parents tell you? Parents that maybe not are, aren't in politics like, like all of we are. Well, you said two incredible children. I know Caroline's incredible, but is there another <laughs> one that I know of? Because it can't be me, right? <laughs> Millie, go ahead. What's I, I want to okay. hear your response on that. Well, I don't know. Most of the parents I talk to think that it's ridiculous to be letting a child make those type of decisions about their body. One thing I will say from my own personal experience as a mom, my son went through this phase where he just wanted to dress up as a pirate every single day. Every day. <laughs> he, he actually would actually... Uh, carry around like a little hook, like yeah. and pretend to have a. He even would put his foot in a cup and hobble around the house like he had a peg leg. <laughs> and he everything he wanted to do was pirate, pirate, pirate. And so I'm recognizing, okay, this is a phase. Kids get obsessed with things, and this is just what happens. But imagine if it were like this yeah, situation where he yeah, wanted to wear dresses, him right? Potentially amputate his leg, right? Right, and that's Our, the thing. That's what yeah, I said. Should I, I let him laughing, get a yeah, peg leg? Very yeah. good point. No, no it's, right? it's, it's a great So, point. so, so great uh, Mr. Incredible here, he spent a good deal <laughs> yeah. of time. He spent a good deal of time, and as Charles said, I can't remember the exact date, but it was between it was uh, between Ghostbusters 1 and 2 being a fully equipped Ghostbuster. We could be honest. It was up until last year that I wanted to be a Ghostbuster. I was wearing the lines. It's true. I mean, he had he. I remember once on a Christmas they came out with a new Ghostbuster thing, and his mother, his mother couldn't find it. I couldn't find it. The very last minute. It was up all the way in the Bronx, and I went up to this one section of the Bronx where I got it. And if I had gone there like four years earlier, I'd have been killed. And I, had, I said to myself, "Thank God I cleaned up the city." I, I took I took him into the. I, because I'm half crazy too. I took him into <laughs> the get main reading room of the New York Public Library. Do you yeah. remember in the movie they clean it up? Yep. He, he cleaned it up. 
Oh, yeah? Andrew oh, yeah. Giuliani cleaned it up. Oh, yeah. Not just them. Yeah. And then I remember taking you out. The sales remember this. I took you out to uh, California, and we brought you into one of those great hotels on the beach. Right. Right near the Trump with the Trump golf course yeah. now. He's cleaning out the whole place, and people are applauding <laughs> for him. This is a little. You were about five. Yeah, that's people amazing. People were He's going, but he was very serious. So, needless to say, I probably was not mature enough at the time to make a decision about my reproductive system. We'll put it that yeah, way. Yeah, but we should have like permanently <laughs> attached one of those yeah. things to your body. Yeah. But I mean, I think the point is a very, very good one that children go through phases, and they're gonna. Oh my goodness, it's so sad. I don't. I don't understand. We're gonna take a short break, and we get right back. We're going to talk uh, 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 for a moment about uh, Iran and this uh, uh, tanker that they're holding. And nobody seems to care. We'll be right back. Hoaxes and other fake news stories. This is Uncovering the Truth with Rudy Giuliani and Dr. Maria. Guarding against misinformation. Fake news. And it doesn't seem to be making a difference. Using common sense thinking with New York Street Smarts. Now with Dr. Maria, here's Rudy Giuliani. Hemorrhoids can be a real pain in the butt, causing anal itching and burning and irritation. Get fast relief with all-natural, doctor-developed and tested Anacool. Buy Anacool, A-N-A-C-O-O-L, on Amazon right now and save 15% with code WABC2024. Welcome back uh, to Uncovering the Truth, sponsored by Tunnel to Towers, with uh, Rudy Giuliani and Dr. Maria who is uh, all, all the way on the side of the world in Japan, coming back uh, this week, and, and not too soon. Uh, so I, I did say we were going to do the, ta- the tanker. I'll do the tanker in two seconds. A tanker was taken by the Iranians. It's an American tanker. It was headed to the United States. They have it, and, like, it doesn't matter anymore. Yeah, this is the fifth tanker, by the way, Thomas that Iran's taken in the last two years. went to war. I mean... Thomas Jefferson was going to go to war over this. This guy was a like a, a peace guy, Thomas Jefferson. He was going to go to war over this because he realized what this means to our sovereignty. Do you realize that Biden has given our country away in so many ways? How pathetic. Gosh almighty. Well, I want to go because I have we have a wonderful conversation about children here. I want to go to charter schools mm-hmm. because they, they have been in New York for sure. And Success Academy, and Andrew knows this really well, has been just a uh, unbelievable. They take the same students in the public school, ninety-eight percent minorities. In one in all of Harlem, they've turned it around by like ninety percent. Mm-hmm. Uh, and now the state legislature wants to block them. Yeah, they want to block them. What is going on? Uh, it's, I mean, you have to think that these politicians that want to block them are just controlled by the teachers union, right? And you look at the teachers union and it's a matter of, hey, you, you give a, a ton, a ton, billions and billions of dollars in April in budget season to the teachers union. And, you know, the teachers union will come out and deliver for Democratic politicians in November. I covered this actually on a podcast this week, get on Red Apple Network or check it out on my social media at Andrew H. Giuliani, where I did a breakdown of Randy Weingartner's and the American Federation of Teachers political giving. Now, they raised in 2022 $23 million. Of that $23 million, you want to guess how much they gave to Republicans? 
1056 dollars oh who is that the, the other 23 million dollars the, the other who? 23 million basically Did either return went, it or leave the party yeah exactly yeah let's find out that republican exactly but they they either went to their own personal slush fund which they gave 8.5 million to or the democratic majority in the house democratic majority in the senate of which they gave five million dollars to each and you could just go down the list and it's all democratic PACs and candidates that they gave to so to me, this is just one of these things where I don't understand how if you really want our kids to succeed, you're not pushing for more charter schools. You're not pushing for more school vouchers, as we talked about as well earlier, because to me, this is something that I yelled on the hilltops about at, on the campaign trail. Uh, and it's something that I believe in that, frankly, you know, this would not have affected me directly. It probably, in all truth, probably won't affect my grace directly, but it will affect more kids, probably, of, of families that need it more than anything. Ladies and mom, what do you think about this? Yeah, I think that parents are kind of faced with a, uh, a, a hard situation, a hard decision. Homeschool, take your kids out of the school, mm-hmm. which means one of the parents is going to be dedicating all their time and energy into schooling that child, right. which a lot goes into that, and it can even financially uh, cost you money. Or... Go and put your kids in a public school or a school that is a charter school but has public funding, mm-hmm. right? So those are your kind of choices that you're you're left with. And what I found was even I went to school board meetings, when, especially when the mask mandate is, was an issue, right? And just talking to so many parents out there about how upset and how unhappy they were with the public school system, but nothing was changing. So I think that if you actually had the school vouchers where mm-hmm. – the students could take that money with them. The parents could actually choose to put their child in a new school or churches could even start opening up schools and, and learning homeschooling. Centers. Yeah. Right. Or I, mean, homeschooling I, I read Epic Times like it's the, uh, the Bible and uh, they they're big on homeschooling, even in the back sections, giving you lessons on how to do it. And, I, and although I'm way beyond ho- right. homeschooling, I read them and I think to myself, Andrew, it would have been fun. <laughs> with your mom and, and me, even though we were busy, you can take out an hour a day. That's what you need for us. And then if you get together with some other parents. Yeah, make a pot. Like, let's let's say you have your, uh, I mean, I, I'm big on, I, I could teach history pretty much. Uh, 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 Donna easily could teach writing, uh, mm-hmm. uh, English. Uh, uh, She's been writing all her life. Uh, one of my friends was an engineer. He could teach math. Uh, my my friend Peter was a terrific uh, writer. He yeah. could have taught. If we, if we just put uh, Kathy, Peter, your mom, and me together, we could have taught all four kids. Yeah. Uh, let me ask. You've dealt when you were mayor with Randy Weingarten as the teachers you as head of the teachers yeah, not union as bad. In, in New York City. Yeah. Where is that evolution yeah, gone to the point thing. where she's she's always, basically getting I, the way I, of kids? I, Sorry. I, I used to get along with her. In fact, uh, for a while before. Uh, 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 Bloomberg caved into it. He, she used to go around saying I was a much better mayor than Bloomberg. I'm not saying that to say I was a much better boy, mayor than Bloomberg. Bloomberg did a good job. She did it because he wasn't giving her what she wanted. Mm-hmm. When he gave it like an 18% increase, he became the messiah. Yeah. Uh, but we used to have very good conversations. And I, I would say to her, I don't understand this. Why do you spend all the time protecting the bad teacher when I want to give the good teacher Three times more. The way I want to pay you is I want to take the money and I want to kind of like bell curve it. Mm-hmm. You give me you give me the top third of the teachers 
I'll pay them more than anybody. Creating a meritocracy. You got it, boy. You give me the middle teachers, I'll give them a nice raise. Right. You give me the bad teachers, I'll give them the kind of raise where they want to go look for another job. Mm-hmm. And a couple of them, let me kick them out. Yeah. And how about the ones that, how about the ones that are perverted? How about the perverts I got sitting that I'm paying for five years because you fight me on getting rid of them? You know what I did? I got them prosecuted, had them put in prison, and I was paying them money in Sing Sing while uh, I while I yeah. was waiting for the for the court for, for the for the teachers review, mm-hmm. and that's when we started to split. Right. And then when I went big on vouchers, yeah, she turned she like that me. at all. And tried to kill me. Yeah, I mean, tried to destroy me politically. Right. Uh, she, I became convinced after two years of working with the system. Only thing that works. Straight out vouchers, and you really—you know—this is one of the things I think your mayoralty doesn't get enough credit for. People were voucher guys. You absolutely were, and you know, obviously, Bloomberg was able to get control of the city schools. Never a guy, but but really. but he, but here's the thing: I think you really set the set the groundwork for that. I think yeah, your your being me. able to for eight years being able to push it, you put it oh, in the I public square, right? And I think more and more people and got to see this, and, yeah, and their uh, communist roots. And, and, uh, and it swung public so, public opinion. It, it wasn't able to do it in three, four years, but over the course of a decade, the public opinion was able to look and say, hey, look, our schools are failing our kids, which sadly our public schools right now are in this city. We need to make sure we bring some type of a change in here, and that change but, uh, existed in charter now, schools. M- but Mike, I mean, Mike did a good job on crime. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the reasons why schools are where they are is Mike does not do a good job on schools. Right. That continuum of schools deteriorating, I mean, the school budget when I left was $12 million a student. Suppose I told you it's now 37000 Well, 12000 12000 a student. Yes. It's now 37000 so It's gone up three times. That's a combination of Bloomberg. Wow. Big raise, by the way, by Bloomberg for nothing. Uh, de Blasio actually uh, was cheap with them. He didn't like them, and they didn't like him. Right. And now Adams has, you know, pretty much... I don't even want to describe it because it would be dirty if I explained to you the way they the way they control him. So and we're going to take a short break, and we will be right back. Lots of questions uh, hanging out there. Come right back. Hoaxes and other fake news stories. This is Uncovering the Truth with Rudy Giuliani and Dr. Maria. Guarding against misinformation. Fake news. And it doesn't seem to be making a difference. Using common sense thinking with New York Street Smarts. Now with Dr. Maria, here's Rudy Giuliani. Hello, this is Rudy Giuliani back again with Uncovering the Truth with Rudy Giuliani and Dr. Maria sponsored by... Tunnel to Towers, 22T.org. Send your $30 a month in now. Uh, uh, or I, or, or I will come, I'll come and get you. I'll come and get you. Actually, $11 oh, a month. Okay. But you should put in 30 Okay. You don't want him to come and get you, by the way. It's his son who's been coming. Yeah, got yeah, yeah. I got a lot of people. You. You, better wa- you better watch out. Or I'll, I'll, come, I'll come with Johnny Tobacco. Uh, I love that. I love that guy. John is the best. So, so let's go. Let's go. We're going to make a little transition here with this call. I'm going to Susan, who's all the way up in the Finger Lakes, Andrew. Beautiful. Susan, which Finger Lake are you in? I'm in, in Steuben County. Steuben, Steuben um, yeah. And um, I, I'm formerly from Brooklyn. Hope you um, I had to move up Steuben. here because I had to take the train to work, and it Looks wasn't like safe where? for my demographic. I love it up here. I have family up here. But what I really no want good? to ask you, because I'm thinking forward, and uh, uh, Andrew, since you were running for statewide office, 
Um, I happen to be a registered independent. Uh, I have been very active at the grassroots, and I believe, and I want your opinion, is that there's a big voting block of independence and a lot of rural people just don't vote because they don't think it's important. But yeah. I think now when they see, especially now, um, and then in the urban areas, we can use the charter schools to show people that they're um, voting against their interests if they vote for Democrats. So couldn't we, since Donald Trump won every county except for two, mm-hmm. couldn't we potentially, if we really worked at it, yeah. get a lot of that voting block and win uh, for you know the, the electoral votes for New York. You're right, and, and when you look actually at the people that uh, would be voting against kind of the interests of charter schools, it's the one who actually would have the uh, they'd be they'd get the benefit of it. Their kids would get the benefit of it. So I think it's absolutely a, a wedge issue that Republicans, conservatives, uh, can get on. And uh, because the truth is, and, and I think this is where the the you know you be careful with the way you say it, but the, let's say compassionate conservatism comes in because in for the most part it's not really helping many of the conservative by the numbers republican children it's it's really looking and saying how can we help our children our nation our education yeah. system uh as a whole so i think it's a very good point think of it this way if you help your child right millie or andrew or when you have children ted or uh, or any or, or any of you susan but all the other kids are left behind and are the, you know a, a second-rate country in terms of education? What kind of country are you leaving for your kids? Yeah. For your kids, I, their I, education is enormously important to all of us. Yeah, I, I did a podcast a couple of weeks ago with Corey DeAngelis, who's been on the on the forefront of the I'd say modern-day school choice revolution, and he talked about calling it bipartisanship through hyperpartisanship. Basically, conservatives, Republicans latch on to this. Figure out state legislatures where they can push this through. Uh, and that's how you will end up making it bipartisan, believe it or not. It was fascinating. First time I've heard it described that way. But Well, we're going to go to Andrew. We'll get another Andrew this is, this in. He's a smart guy. In I can Stan tell Hope, already. New Jersey. Andrew, don't let me down. We have to mago. we got to make yeah. Andrews great again, Andrew, because the, between Andrew Cuomo and Prince Andrew, our name really has been whoa, dragged through the mud the last whoa. couple of years. So make us proud. <laughs> Come on, Andrew. Yeah, it's funny. Hit a home run. I'm still, I'm still thinking of Andrew uh, being a Ghostbusters fan <laughs> and you walking around the house. <laughs> maybe, maybe for my 3 p.m. show, I'll wear my Ghostbusters uniform in. I don't know. I've got my Ranger hat <laughs> on, so I have to just change it. 3 p.m. again, so <laughs> on ABC. And then, um, you're walking around the house going, he slimed me. <laughs> and, uh, they they yeah. did plenty of that when he was running. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so what's up, yeah, Andrew? talking about the indoctrination they teach in the schools about slavery and Jim Crow, which, of course, they should. But they leave out the fact that it was the Democrat Party that was the party of slavery and Jim Crow. And also, I want to say with the charter schools in Newark, New Jersey, when I worked at the Newark Museum and also with the local news, I saw the difference when the kids would come to the museum from the Catholic schools and the the private schools. They were much better behaved and more articulate and mature. And even before I did news stories like teacher of the year and stuff, just walking past the school, you could see the difference in the behavior of the kids in the Catholic school and the the private school compared to the high school, you know, the public school. And Rudy, you and I once spoke about that. You said the teachers union 
claims that the Catholic schools aren't better, I think that than the public in Newark and other cities, I think the trick that they're doing is that they're comparing it to another school, like not in Newark, but in an affluent area in the district, like Livingston or Milburn, yeah. that has a good public school. So that's the trick that they're using. Andrew, Andrew, the best answer to whether the public schools, how do they compare to the charter or the Catholic schools? Forget all the numbers, the parents. I mean, parents, like when I put out the first scholarship for fifth grade, I had 140,000 applications from public school parents. So that tells me there were 140,000 parents way back in 1997 or so, 96, who were saying, please, mayor, get me a better school for my kid. You know what my answer was, because the teachers union came in and the Democrats came in and communists came in, was go pound sand. Yeah, that's the. I mean, I got I was able to get out of that. I was able to get about 3000. Out of 134,000 who are begging. Wow. And don't tell me parents don't care. What a bunch of garbage. Sure, there are some bad parents. There are a lot more bad bureaucrats. Yeah, I think you're right. And you look at just the numbers here in New York State, because I remember just this is almost every single speech that I would give, because it really that. was a, a pillar of what I believe we need to do in New York State to change it around. There are 600 charter schools in New York State, 270 in New York City. Of those 270, 93 have been successful. The others they call zombie charter schools. So you're looking at 260. You're talking about 15, 16, 17 charter schools that have failed out of the 260. When you look at that, the 93% success rate versus, sadly, what we're seeing in so many public schools around the city where it's literally an 18 19% reading ad- advocacy l- rate, it's just it's mind-boggling, and it's so sad. Even if we do something like raise the charter cap in New York City, then if you eliminate the, the regional charter cap, the regional charter cap, you can add 85 to 90 public school uh, charter schools, and you're looking at talking about another... 15,000 students that can actually be saved because of that. That's just uh, a small, a small uh, uh, solution, but it's, it's a step in the right direction. Fortunately, we're getting fought tooth and nail by the teachers union now, every you, you single want step another, of the way. You want another little footnote to that that shows you how corrupt this city is? So the number of children in public schools has gone down about since the pandemic and all, but I'm going to say about seven, 800,000. Meanwhile, the amount of money we spend goes up and up. In other words, we're spending, as the, as the number goes down, the amount of money goes up. So less teachers. Where's the money going? To the big, fat, happy, useless bureaucrats that have always been the problem in the New York City school system. We really don't even pay teachers. We pay teachers who evaluate and really don't evaluate teachers who evaluate other teachers who evaluate administrators who then evaluate other administrators and then they do a big report on all the administrators who all get together and go off and do all kinds of stuff together on vacations. That's that is where, that's why it's thirty seven thousand dollars a student. If seven thousand of that has to do with the student, it's a lot. Yeah. It's a corrupt system, a disgusting corrupt system. How about Joel? From the Sea of Galilee, I can hear what the a great honor to talk to the hello to everybody. What a great honor to talk to the Father and the Son at the same time. Hello, shalom to you, Andrew. Uh, shalom, Joel. It's an honor to be on air with you. 
<laughs> Thanks. Uh, I think the Greek patri- the Greek patriarch is celebrating over here. Yep. Um, it's a beautiful day from the Sea of Galilee. Shalom to all of your listeners. Uh, I, you guys are talking about some important subjects. I hate to get keep going no, back to this, but I just to hunt, I remind call, everybody. I called you actually for the transition to the Hunter hearing tomorrow. <laughs> it's the only transition oh, good, good. We, we're okay with in this studio is this transition <laughs> to Hunter. Transition, yeah. <laughs> except one kind of transition. <laughs> transition um, to Hunter, yeah. our hero. <laughs> okay, tomorrow. So Abby Lowell has made a, uh, a last-minute uh, motion uh, to appear on Friday. Uh, and I just really want to – everyone knows the hearing is taking place unless um, something uh, changes. But the, the connection between the uh, cover-up of the 150 suspicious activity reports, the ongoing cover-up of the financials, the state secrecy laws in China regarding – how their accounting practices are also a secret, and the uh, hiddenness of the bank record. So all of this now is all emerging within the last month. Well, that's a little too much. A little too much. We'll get into all that during the week. What I want you to do is, you know, you were very, very kind to let Ted and I, you uh, you got us that uh, the way of looking at that hearing on, when was it, Wednesday? Incredible. That was a damn eye-opener. That I'm telling you, his lawyer looks like, they got him out of central casting from The Godfather. You know, uh, Mr. Whatever-His-Name-In-The-Judge says, what does your client do for a living, meaning Hunter? I don't know. He doesn't know what his client does for a living. The judge is now requiring Hunter to show up tomorrow and ain't too happy. So tell people how they can get it. At the moment, the only way to get it is to is to fly to um, Memphis, Tennessee, oh, and drive not, the two hours. It's not going to be drive, fly to Little Rock. But how come the, at how the come, moment? No. Why was the other one on uh, on uh, on radio on, on on our phones here? The other one because um, it was a last minute scheduled hearing, ah, so they had to do damn. it that way according to the law. So that's what we lose because Hunter's going to show up in person, right? Well, there's a chance. They, they actually made a motion to continue uh, because of all the Secret Service that's involved. And perhaps the judge will respond still sometime today. They, they actually requested uh, on Friday another telephonic Zoom hearing, um, but that uh, has not been uh, responded to yet by the court. Well, um, we're going to talk during the week. You make sure you we got a lot of calls, uh, but I want to get to Larry in Brooklyn. Hey there, I'm talking to two of my favorite people. Hey, Larry. Oh, thank you, Larry. Yeah. Yeah, so anyway, I was telling your son, Rudy, that he's the smartest non-lawyer I ever met in my life. He's, he's even smart <laughs> because he isn't that. a lawyer. You get all confused when you become a lawyer. <laughs> I appreciate that, Larry. You can afford it. <laughs> anyway, anyway um, what I want to talk, I, I never aired this point, so I'd like to air this point. I have so much to talk about. But Gosh, I, I wish I had something like a drum roll. Go ahead. I, I wish I could get in touch with you I, because I have so, I have a, I have so many uh, legal theories about how to get rid of this marijuana law through a law ca- a lawsuit, and I, I can't I can't get. In touch I, with I want anybody. you to stay on, boy, uh, boys and girls and everybody there. Can we take his number down? And then we'll send Larry a number he can get me at, uh, Ted. Okay, good. Now you go ahead. Tell us what you want to say. Okay, what I want to say is, you know, I heard a lot. You know, <clears throat> you talk a lot about comparisons of Bloomberg and you. <clears throat> There's one salient difference between you and Bloomberg, which is very important. Maybe I could be wrong. So I, I, if you correct me, I could be wrong. 
you maintain control over the police department. Whereas Bloomberg, he let Ray Kelly basically do whatever he wants. Wanted. And I know Ray Kelly did a great job with crime, but here's the problem. I perceive the culture of, of fascism arise within the NYPD, whereas they enforced the laws that they wanted to enforce. And if there were laws on the books that they considered trivial, they didn't enforce it. Like, for example, at the end of Bloomberg's ter- term, he passed the law that there was no smoking on the beach. I'm in Brighton Beach having a good time. People are smoking. Except I'm marijuana. Smoking. Uh, what do you mean? Oh, yeah. Well, that's now. I'm going to tell no, I'm going to tell you a story. Forget. Good. But, but the police didn't want to enforce the law. When I asked them, why aren't you giving tickets? He says, well, we don't think it's that important. What do you mean you don't think it's that important? It was a law that so the point is, is that you may, you know, you I don't believe the police have the right to pick and choose what they what they enforce. And we have now today a situation where I've called the NYPD about things about dangerous situations. Nothing gets done because that culture has taken root. Yeah. And it's and, you know, that's the big problem well, Larry, in, in me, New York. Let me give you my theory on this, because this, this is Broken Windows 2.0. Uh, broken Windows says you should enforce every law. No, it doesn't. It says you should not fail to enforce laws. You can't enforce every law and you can't enforce it all the time. There are too many. Mm-hmm. But you can't have whole areas where you don't enforce the law. So if you get into an area like uh, you can't smoke marijuana outside, which is now like ancient history, you can't enforce every single one of those. But if you enforce it often enough so you create a deterrent effect, you've accomplished your purpose. Right. So, I mean, they used to come after me on broken windows and say, hey, what a stupid idiot. He enforces uh, uh, Subway. uh, Subway subways. All, the, all he does is subways. Like hell all I done on subways. They thought I was doing it all the time because we were hitting them. When they didn't expect it, right. it's it's called deterrent effect. I mean, we're not really dumb. We really are smarter than they are. Not, well, I'm not talking about Biden. Uh, so, I mean, yeah, you got the point. You absolutely have the point. We're going to take a short break, and we got so much through. We're going to talk real fast when we get back. Hoaxes and other fake yeah. news stories. This is Uncovering the Truth with Rudy Giuliani and Dr. Maria. Guarding against misinformation. Fake news. And it doesn't seem to be making a difference. Using common sense thinking with New York Street Smarts. Now, with Dr. Maria, here's Rudy Giuliani. Yep, this is Rudy Giuliani back again. Unfortunately, we're not with Dr. Maria. She'll be back next week. You see all these people I need to help me when she's not here. And uh, you make sure you make your uh, contribution, $11 a month, T2T.org, and you help our real heroes, our real ones. So I want to get into a political question because, you know, it seems like the election's coming right up on us, and uh, maybe maybe we'll just go to Ted here in Forest Hills because I think he wants to ask us about Trump. Yes, I do very much. Will President Trump be reelected? I mean, the nation will be dead if he's not reelected. He understands what is correct. Did, did what he, what did, do you say? Did he call you and ask you to make this call? <laughs> 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 I mean, what no, no, is no, Biden going to do? I, 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 look, I don't, I don't disagree with you. So, but what do you think? I'm going to ask my little group here. Uh, uh, number one. 
DeSantis, it's it's down to DeSantis Trump, right? Nobody else in the Republicans. Yeah, and I think DeSantis has taken a real hit the last month. Look, I, I am a I'm a big believer in the fact that I think DeSantis has done a fantastic job in the state of Florida. We give him too much credit, I think. I mean, he didn't make it eighty and sunny, and he didn't make it a tax free state. But I did. I do think he pressed the right buttons. With that being said, I think you can look at one very key difference between Trump and DeSantis. Go watch DeSantis' speech he gave to the Heritage Institute last week, and you could see it was extremely monotone. He was speaking at the crowd. When Donald Trump speaks, very similar to the way Ronald Reagan did it, he is having a conversation with the crowd. And I think as they continue to get out on the stump more and more, you're going to have more people that are engaged by that, by with Trump. We, we know how, how charismatic the power that he has as a, guy as a retail candidate so, is unreal. Yeah. They're, I mean, he does uh, I, I'm not going to say retail candidate like door to door. There are probably people that are better at that. What he is the best at is excitement. And uh, I've never seen crowds like that. Mm-hmm. Never for anybody. John Kennedy, Ronald Reagan, my hero. Uh, I think the greatest president in, a, you know, 100 a tr- years. A Trump rally is, is a unique experience. Yeah, and it gets It's folks. a unique experience. And I think one of the things, among others, that hurt him in 2020 was the lack of those rallies. Yeah, he didn't, wasn't able to have them because of the pandemic. Well, what what do you think? What do you think, Mill? Well, I think it was pretty convenient that they had the pandemic during <laughs> Joe Biden's campaigning, yeah. because I think it really would have shown how few people actually showed up to his events. Because I actually did cover one of his events before the pandemic, mm-hmm. and it was like a 200 or so occupancy building. That he could barely even fill up. Did they keep you in one of the circles? You got a circle? One of them like that. I remember the circles. So you'd see the circles. No, this was during the time period before he got uh, basically the nomination as the Democrat Party front leader. Uh, Bernie Sanders actually had more of a following than Joe Biden did. So it was interesting. Like when I would go to the Trump rallies, he would fill up coliseums. He would fill up stadiums. Yeah, ridiculous numbers. Insane uh, miles of miles, miles of. of people lined up to get it. People would camp out there in the rain, yeah. freezing cold because they loved Trump. I don't think that DeSantis is going to be able to replicate that. I think it's because of who Trump is and and he just has this this air about him that people love. DeSantis, he he did great for Florida, right? But I think his choice right now it's not been a very good choice to come out and kind of position himself to be a, p- a potential candidate against Trump. I think he would have been better to have just fully backed and endorsed him and then try to get an endorsement for Trump for a 2028 presidential yeah, run. What, what do you think on this? I see you itching at the oh, bit oh, over Ted, here. You, you've Ted got some brain big, power on this one. He's a fan. He's been for DeSantis well, from the beginning. No, no, he is really a big DeSantis guy. Let's no, listen. I'm not a, I'm not an anti-DeSantis guy, <laughs> obviously, with are. President Trump 2024. Yeah. Governor right. DeSantis, I'd be curious what Andrew has to think of this. He's in a tough spot, right? When you have that window to be president of the United States, that only comes mm-hmm. for a certain number of people, and it's either it's there and then yeah. it's not. Yeah. So you almost have to take advantage of it. However, if he does so, he's got to make the calculation. Can I do this and lose to Trump and still be viable in four years? It's a tough spot to be in. Also, check out Vivek Ramaswamy. That's uh, that's what I have to add. So uh, to, to that point, I want to ask you the final question here, Dad. You were with the president just a few days ago, and I saw recently, I think it was in the Post, that uh, there's the idea of Trump would potentially think about asking DeSantis to be his VP. That would mean that Trump would have to move his residence move to, to New Jersey, Jersey or yeah, New York. Mark. What do you think about that? I think it should be considered. I'm not I'm not jumping on it like, wow, that's the best idea. Uh, it's too early. Uh, he brings the same state. But I, I think of the vice presidency differently than others. 
I think of the vice presidency, big picture. I think that uh, people, uh, uh, vice presidents help or hurt when they underscore your being a good president. Like, I think it was extremely harmful to Bush to pick Quayle. Unfair, mm-hmm. but ha- harmful. McCain. Uh, the same, the same, same thing. It should have been uh, with with uh, with the current vice president. It should have been a big hit on Biden. Yeah. But you know, they they it's a fixed election. I mean, in terms of now coverage, and uh, then you get a pick like uh, Bush and and Cheney mm-hmm. that underscored Bush. Right. That made Bush more important. Whatever you think of Cheney mm-hmm. today, Trump's pick of Pence was a very very good pick. Mm-hmm. He got got himself a governor, a congressman. May have not turned out the way he wanted, but the pick was good. So I think, um, yeah, I would put him in the list of people that he could pick that would say to other people, he can. This guy could be a president, right? And remember, he is going to be eighty somewhere in that. He's going to be seventy-seven. Then he'll be eighty while he's serving. So people are going to think about the vice president. Well, it's been fun being on with you today, yeah, Dad. Thanks for having me. You You got both. Thank you very much. We're going to have Dr. Maria back next week. Safe trip back, Dr. Maria. God bless America. Hemorrhoids can be a real pain in the butt, causing anal itching and burning and irritation. Get fast relief with all natural, doctor-developed and tested Anacool. Buy Anacool, A-N-A-C-O-O-L, on Amazon right now and save 15% with code WABC2024.